Meditation is about as intimate as you can be because you're basically being intimate with the life force and inside delicate seeing, the full range of seeing from inner images and inner glow to outer vision, from inner sounds and the quiet inner resonance and hums of being in a body to the outer rock and roll, from the sensations flowing in the body, just the quiet sensations to the, the crescendo of like an orgasm. One definition of meditation that occurred to me a few years ago, it's savoring the thrill of aliveness. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrup. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. On this week's show, I am joined by Lauren Roach. Lauren is an author. He teaches meditation. He's done research on meditation. He's a coach and a very wise soul. Uh, welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks, Luke. I met you, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago. I came across your book and I have to say, you know, I've, I've recommended several books on the show, as people know. And, you know, every decade or so in my life, a book has come along that has both touched some place deep within me, but also kind of pulled me to some new place. And your book, The Radiant Sutras, is, has been that book for me over the last several years. And um, I'm just really thrilled to have you on the show and share a bit of your writing. So welcome. Thanks. Yeah, well, the text, the Vijnana Bhairava Tantra, has been speaking to me that way for, what, 54 years now? This is 2022, since 1968. And it just sang to me. And the clues and the invitation that the text gives to embodiment, to come here into this body, it's a mystery and, and a marvel to be here. And in the body, there's all the forces of creation are coming together to sing the song of what life is to and to behold the wonders of the universe and there's just there's so many palaces inside the body the chakras are, are like these these vortices like waves in the ocean or like when we see uh, swirling clouds or rivers flowing and uh the feeling that the text conveys is that like in this body, there's tens of thousands of rivers, many of them very tiny. And each one is flowing with intelligence. The text is, has this endlessly friendly way of inviting us in. Like, are you lonely? Are you desperately lost? Are you running from battle? Are you starving? Are you horny? Are you hungry? Are you depressed? Are you enraged? Are you in love? Are you going crazy? Are you sitting on a mountaintop feeling peaceful? 
are you looking at someone you love? Are you like walking the dog, basically? Are you standing in your garden? The text, even though it's only, let's see, about what, a couple thousand words, it's 162 sentences in Sanskrit, and each one is 32 syllables, basically. And it contains so much wisdom about human life. So this, this text, which in, I call it the Radiant Sutras, the Sanskrit name is the Vinyana Bhairava Tantra. And it's beloved of yogis and meditators and Buddhists. What I love about the, the book is that there are all of these different kind of textures and feelings. You, you speak of longing, there's kind of sadness, there's even bits of fear and all the different aspects of human experience, right? And there's, there's, there's a verse, right? There's a verse for all of them that arrives that, that just speaks to some deeper place that is more spacious and liberated in all of the, the human experience, um, which I love. Yeah, it's hard to think of uh, an experience that's not mentioned in here, which yeah. I've always felt, I, I lived inside this text when I was, I don't call it a translation, I call it a version. Because mm. I would do, I would do five or 10 or 20 tra translations where I'm really close to the text. But, but what like the spirit of the text wanted was to cut loose and really jump out and sing. And so I call it a version. And um, I like the other versions also. But here's, here's one. So it starts with the word shoot, which is, of all things, Sanskrit for sneeze. Shoot adi. So it goes on. It lists ravenous with hunger, exploding with joy, sneezing uncontrollably burning with desire, reeling with amazement, staggered by grief, fleeing from danger, desperately lost. Intensity awakens. Wild attentiveness everywhere. Ride the shock wave inward to touch the great self, the power from which you arise. The, the Sanskrit name of the text is the Vinyana Bhairava Tantra. And Bhairava is that aspect of divine consciousness that's terrifying and terrific mm -hmm. and also accepts our fear, our terror, as a sincerest form of prayer. So the text is always saying, right inside your fear, that vibrance, Fears of vibration right inside the terror is God that's listening to you. And it's also your own God consciousness. And that your own God consciousness is evoked irresistibly when you're in trouble, that God cannot resist being there. So, right inside whatever trouble you're in is, if, if biologically you would say, all your survival instincts the best in you rises to meet the emergency. And in, in Sanskrit, it's that this is divine consciousness. Yeah. This is like, you know, the concept of, in Tantra, like um, when Osho was asked, what is Tantra? He said, it's being a yes to everything, 
right? Like we, whether it's fear, whether it's anger, whether it's doubt, whether it's shame that we, that we make room for it, we lean into it. We breathe in suffering rather than pushing it away. And, and in this case, it is all God. Yes. Yeah. And that literally is true in, in, in Sanskrit, in the, the definition of the words where Om is the source of all of the texts, of all the sutras and the Vedas. And Om means yes. Like originally, if you look at the definition of Om, it's like originally yes, like emphatic yes, like oh yeah. And uh, Om, the meaning of Om is as close to like when someone is going, hell yeah. And oh yeah. And like when uh, in a football game, when there's 80,000 people there screaming when someone scores a touchdown or soccer, that sound that arises of, ah, ah, yay, that's OM. It's the universe saying yes to its own existence and expansion. And that primordial exuberant energy is permeating our bodies like we're part of the universe and every atom in our body and the space between our atoms is vibrating with this yes to to existence and that's the definition of of om and om om has a street handle like a nickname pranava which is, sounds like prana, the life force, and va or va, vak or voice. It's prana va, this exuberant, over the top shout of joy, just exploding joy. So that's to, just to emphasize how joyous om, om is. And you could say om in a solemn way. The definition, though, just that even the look in the dictionary, it points to all this, this exuberant shout of creativity. Let there be light. Let there be galaxies. Let there be suns. Let there be light and matter and space and the space-time continuum and let it spin. Let the dance begin. Let, let cloud intergalactic clouds spin into suns, let suns spark into being, let planets form, let the whole dance. Yeah, the only way we get to that full exuberant hell yes is by including it all, right? Including the pain, the betrayal, the shame, the sadness, the fear, it all has to be present if it's going to be that full-throated. Yeah, yeah. and the feeling that, that I've always had is that we're all we're all on the path. I I don't understand like how anybody could say that they're a master hmm. of this because how can you be a master of life? I mean, like we're I guess you could say that if you stop learning. But to me, I learn so much every day. And um I've been teaching I finished meditation teacher training fifty-two years ago. I learned so much every day from each person I talk to. And because I, you know, I might listen for an hour to someone, have them, well, tell me about what are your natural meditation experiences? I learned so much every day, every day. 
that um, I'm just I'm thrilled. Like I look forward to hearing from people. And you know, as they travel around the world, I'll see somebody like out walking or on a beach or something, and they're they have a glow about them. I'll ask them like, well, I. I've learned to not say what kind of meditation do you do. Uh, sometimes I'll say that, but I'll just uh, strike up a conversation. And a lot of times somebody is doing a meditation that they invented. That's so beautiful. And so I've met people all over the place that are discovering their own way. And one of the things that I started doing in when I was working at the lab, um, if people would ask me to teach them. And so I would, um, I would show them the first English translation of the Vinyana Bhairava Tantra. It was by this guy, Paul Reps, and he published it in this little book, Zen Flesh, Zen Bones. And he, in it, he said that he worked with Swami Lakshman Chu, who was this amazing, um, uh, well, when people call him a master, he really was like a master from Kashmir. Paul Reps and Lakshman Chu did 11 or 12 translations. And um, that was all I had for years was this very succinct, poetic um, version of the text. I would just let people look through it until they recognized something out of the 112 doorways. Yeah, I know that's. That's me. That's me. So before I became a meditation teacher, I would just invite people to browse through the Zen Flesh Zen Bones version of the Bhairava Tantra and, and notice what they feel attracted to. Which of the 112 doorways do you feel is your native way of meditating? And that's been my exploration each person like what's your native way and it's so because people are so different i mean it's really the world of meditation is so interesting because meditation is about as intimate as you can be because you're basically being intimate with the life force and inside what it is your delicate Seeing the full range of seeing from inner images and inner glow to outer vision, from inner sounds and the quiet inner resonance and hums of being in a body to the outer rock and roll, from the sensations flowing in the body, just the quiet sensations to the, the crescendo of like an orgasm and like a delicate tingle. And, vibrancy and so one one definition of meditation that occurred to me a few years ago it's savoring the thrill of aliveness it's savoring the thrill of aliveness hmm. beautiful yeah so there's these various verses one of my favorite kind of sections is towards the beginning the banter verses, right? So these are verses between consciousness and light, between Shiva and Shakti, between the masculine and the feminine, the witness and the form. 
and it's this um this back and forth this kind of love song between the kind of god and goddess and i wonder if you might say a word or two about you know this section of the book which for me <laughs> speaks deeply to my soul yes well the there's um there's 162 verses or sentences and in in the whole text and so the first 23 is what I call the banter section where Shiva and the Devi, the goddess, they're going back and forth. And she begins the text. So really, the goddess starts the convo. She says, let's roll here, beloved. Let's. And so there, there's all these jokes in it where on one level, she's a woman trying to get her man to talk. And in the art work, there's like there's sculptures and paintings of Shiva like being in his man cave mm. and like not wanting to talk to anybody. And so there's jokes like in the background if you know the artwork that goes with with uh, the goddess and Shiva or Bhairava. And she's embodying wonder. So one day, the goddess sang to her beloved, beloved and radiant Lord of the space before birth, revealer of essence, slayer of the ignorance that binds us. You, who in play have created this whole universe, and permeated all forms of it with never-ending truth. I have been wondering. I have been listening to the hymns of creation, enchanted by the verses. And yet still, I am curious. What is this delight-filled universe into which we find ourselves born? What is this mysterious awareness shimmering everywhere within it? I've been listening to the love song of form, longing for formless. What are these energies? undulating through our bodies, pulsing us into action. And she goes on for a while, and Shiva goes, Beloved, your questions touch the heart of wonder, the path of intimacy with all life, weaving together body and soul, sex and spirit, individuality and universality. Then he refers to the, the cave, the stories of Shiva being in his cave. This is my cave of secrets. Your inquiry has led you here. I feel your fingers on my pulse. Come with me 
Leave behind everything you know. The teachings about me are a light show put on by the celestial musicians, as beautiful and insubstantial as clouds. So he refers to it being a concert, hmm. like with the light show. It's Gandharva. I love the Gandharvas. They're the celestial musicians. Hmm. And there's also a sense of them being tricksters. And when we want, in a, in a concert, a light show, we want the illusion. We want to see whatever it is, the universe arrayed. We want to see that the drama. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the, these are the verses that really spoke to me in a very deep way. And, you know, I, I shared this book, I shared, <laughs> I've shared your book with so many people, but I shared it with a friend and, and she said, Oh, actually I know this book. I've been, I've been studying meditation with Lauren for a few years. And I thought, Oh, I, I have to do this. So I called you up. We, we had like a video call and you're, you're walking on the beach. <laughs> and, you know, it's this thing about those of us that have practiced for decades. There's just this immediate dance that unfolds around. It was an, yeah. As soon as we started talking, it was like immediate rapport. Yeah. Yeah. The, our essence dances in these, you know, deep states of practice. And for me, I, since I've known you, I've felt this. The way that you see me is just incredibly distinct and unique. And you're right. There's like such a deep intimacy when you're sharing your meditation. When I have shared my meditation practice with you or others that are, you know, further along on the path. And there's something just really important. I think this has been true for me most of my adult life of like finding people that can see me in a way that I don't yet see myself. Mm -hmm. pull some part of me forward. And um, I certainly have felt that with you. And, and, and I, I just think that that is like a necessary, for me, I need that. I need people in my life that see the best in me. And in your case, in this very poetic way, the way that you've, you've described, you've reflected my essence back to me many times is just like, pulled some new part of myself forward and out. And, um, you know, I just think that that's, I just, I hope and I pray that everybody, you know, finds that whether it's through meditation or some, some other form that like, I think that's just a, such an important part of growing more fully expressed in, as humans is to surround ourselves with people that see us in a way that's just um, deeper than we see ourselves. It's so important. And whether we get it through a football coach or, you know, a surfing coach or a singing coach, there's a lot of great coaches in the world. There's these people who just want the student to thrive. And like, sure, you know, be on my team when you're in your high school or college or, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a pro, but like this coach mentality they just want the students to th go out there and shine and outshine them even, you know, be better than me. And I was so lucky along with being able to start meditation in the context of a science lab and just get to plunge in for hours a day for weeks with n no idea, none of these 
none of these instruction manuals and, oh, you have to stop the flow of thought or none of that nonsense. Just dive in and experience what's here, what's here. And then just magically continuing this total luck. I had an incredible circle of genius mentors that I got to study with. And I was so eager and so desperate that I just drank it in. And even if I only would have a couple of weekends to to be with them in person, I would like read their book 20 times or more. Like I just, what is the saying? You know, why do they pick those words? So I had the this circle of just geniuses, women and men, body workers, dance teachers, um, boys, teachers, like gestalt therapy, you know, rolfing, somatic awareness. Um, in the 60s, you know, in 68 and 69. And these teachers, like it was just here, kid, like, here's the best thing I ever learned in a lifetime. Like, just take it and run with it. I had uh, so many just brilliant teachers. And I thought that's what, that's what I want to be, like a, a meditation guide who just wants the student to thrive. And would say, well, like, here's 112 like, doorways, which what's calling you. And it's just so, it's so much fun to work this way because i get to learn about the mystery of individuality from each person i'm talking to yeah yeah i see that in my own my own work as well one of the topics that came up in our in our work together that i think i'd love to just talk about here a little bit is i had i had some pretty deep kind of and I don't want to get into the details actually, but I got into some pretty deep, like kind of shamanic openings, right? Like things were happening in my being where I was like getting images and pictures and feelings in my body of energies of, I don't know, deities, you might say. And some of the best advice you gave to me, like you hung in there really deep with me. You were very curious about it. And then you said, don't tell anyone about this. To this day, you know, again, here we are talking about it on the podcast, but I'm, I'm actually not going to talk about what occurred because it was so sacred and it was still emerging and you said just hold it like just sit with it and allow it to unfold and so i'm curious if you'd say a few words about that like this concept of containment i think for many of us especially i don't know in this culture it's like as soon as something cool happens in our practice we want to just like tell everybody on social media or our friends and your advice was hold it let it emerge go slow well, if we were all together, like in a dance circle, meeting together, like living up in the mountains or somewhere where we could just practice for a year and everybody is like watching their dreams, we'd get up in the morning, everybody go jump in the freezing river, come together and, you know, make meals and then dance. Let's do that. And <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Then, yeah, like share each person. Yeah. would be sharing like this is my this is the edge this is what i'm called to yeah and um this is my my journey but your experiences were so powerful clearly 
you're going through a shamanic initiation. That's also goes completely with Buddha, wild Buddhist imagery and the primordial masculine. And it's supporting you to be a father and, and a man and a shining light in this world. And it, it, anybody that is going through the same thing, they would sense it in you. But if they're not, it's, there's nothing that they could say. And it would, there's no good words to explain it. You know, if somebody was in a month-long dance with you where everybody is like painting their bodies with mud and <laughs> chant, chanting for hours upon hours, yeah, they could see it. Right. It's everybody's in the sacred space. Yeah, there's times when we don't talk about what we're experiencing. We just we just contain it because it's such a sacred meeting of body and soul, and you're still going through this initiation. And yeah, you could if you read Jung and Joseph Campbell and look at the the imagery, you'd recognize yourself in these these things. But it's just too. It's too great. It's like, you know, if you if you meet a woman that you love and you're having incredible sex, and then the next day or a couple of days later you're in, you're like in the locker room at the gym. You don't talk about what positions you're in with the guys. Mm-hmm. It's just too it's too sacred. Yeah, it diminishes it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so feel that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is this is probably the most I've talked about it, in fact, here on this podcast. So yeah, later someday, you know, you could paint it, dance it, do a one man sh- one man show. All right. Um, and maybe when you're leading groups, I could see you taking men out into the wilderness. Yeah. There's things that we experience. If say we go stand in the rain for a couple hours, mm-hmm. stand stand like this in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at night or break the ice on the pond and swim, swim, train yourself so you can handle freezing mm-hmm. water or climbing. There's things that we experience in contact with nature that, that tune us up. So in that kind of space, we could, we could talk about the sacred mm. and not diminish it. Beautiful. Thank you. So maybe at some point there's a, the community here may hear more about this, but for now we hold it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's for your, it's a, like an inner power source. Of yeah, yours, exactly. And you'll teach from it. Yeah, exactly. And let the radiation, let the power, let the radiation power shine through you, the power and the joy yeah. shine through you. Wonderful. And inform your teachings. Yeah. Truth feels true. So this is my friend, Lauren Roach. If people want to find you, uh, they want to know more about your your teaching or your book, where do they find you? Just Radiant Sutras. Talk. Just uh, if you type that or type Lauren Roach, you'll find me. And then also um, my wife, my partner. Actually, I never call her. She's my girlfriend. <laughs> 
Camille and I wrote Meditation Secret for Women, which is published by Harper. Nice. And uh, so We're, we'll we'll throw links in the in the show notes for both the books and uh, the Radiance Sutras yeah. uh, website. Thank you so much for your time today, Lauren. I really appreciate it. Anytime, just ask me on. We'll continue. Lauren Roach, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. And maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen, that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy.